When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Eisner, along with Jake Arians. Uh, Paige is celebrating her birthday today, so she uh, she's playing hooky, so she won't be on the podcast today, so it's just Jake and I. Uh, we'll go over Thursday Night Football from last night, preview every single game on the Sunday slate from a fantasy football and a gambling perspective, but let's get right into it, Jake. Houston Texans edge out the Colts 20-17, to but like almost every major game this year, we could not escape it without another officiating snafu. Uh, did you have a chance to see that fumble at the end of the game? And what were your thoughts about that just not being reviewed? Yes, I saw it. So you know exactly what my thoughts were. This is absolute ludicrous. You have the NFL officiating expert on the on TV going with Mike Pereira. Uh, why are they not reviewing this? Don't tell me there wasn't a, a clear and obvious recovery because you don't know. You didn't review it. You, there's no way you could have looked at that and said it was a clear and obvious fumble for sure. Maybe you say it's not a clear and obvious recovery, but there's no way in hell you can go into a game like that on national TV again on a Thursday night when you get two days to talk about it and not review that play. Absolute ludicrous. I mean, the game was a lot like we talked about. The Texans just kind of outlasted them. The Colts ran it well, um, but they're just a little shorthanded. T.Y. Hilton, I said, don't expect a big night. He's going to play through it. He's tough as hell, but he struggled. You could tell he's not 100%. Uh, Deshaun Watson made some big plays. Will Fuller coming back, they're a different offense. I mean, they, and those two still have a crazy chemistry that they've had since Watson was a rookie. Uh, interesting that Bill O'Brien doesn't kick a 51-52 yarder with Kyrie Fairbairn, who has been kicking better lately uh, in the first half. They don't get it on – it was like about fourth and seven or something. They went for it anyway, didn't get it. That was interesting, or, or they would have covered the spread. It was, it was It was four, so that was interesting that ends up being three, but they got him at home. They outlasted him. They now have – you know, a clear path to the division title, and they got it done. Yeah, they did. And and look, we've talked about this at various points this year, but uh, the thing to me that's always been weird about the the officiating this year is that obviously Alvaro Veron has that role of, you know, bizarre of officiating now, but that used to be Mike Pereira. And there's been a significant amount of disagreement on the air from Mike Pereira this year. And Dean Blandino. Both, Both Mike and Dean, they don't always agree, but they both have disagreed a ton with what's going on with uh, with Riveron. So I'm very interested to see. I mean, I don't think they're going to make any changes now in season, but I'm very I think they should. I, they absolutely should, but I'm, I'm very interested to see what Al Riveron's future is in that role because, again, it just seems it seems really interesting that they are the last two guys that have had significant roles in the NFL officiating front office are disagreeing with what the current administration is doing so often. And there are so, I mean, there have been mistakes every year, but they're, the volume of just mind numbingly. Bad, bad and yes. huge important mistakes Every week. this year. 
I can't remember a season where it was this bad with actual with the actual real life officials, not the replacement. There might be one every couple weeks, but there's three or four every weekend now in different games. Like it's literally gotten to the point where they're costing games and they're multiple games in a weekend. I mean, like if you're a Colts fan, you feel like they took one from you last night. You they run that play, you get the ball back. You only need a field goal in a dome to tie it up and go to overtime. Like. That was a game-changing play that doesn't get reviewed, and that comes from New York. It was inside two minutes. That's Riveron's job. I think the biggest problem with him and the reason he doesn't deserve that job any longer is this lack of – he's the one in charge of all the reviews. He's the one running that room in New York, and it has been absolutely atrocious, the stuff that's been challenged and upheld, or inside two minutes that's not challenged and not buzzed down to the officials to challenge it, uh, to review it. It's just been awful. I mean, it continues. I mean, it's another primetime game where they screw it up. Yeah, it's it, it's disappointing to see. Uh, on the football side of things, as you mentioned, good to see Will Fuller have a big game coming back. I mean, he's just such a dynamic deep threat. He's really fun to watch. Seven for 140 in this game. New Hopkins has a huge game. Six for 94, two touchdowns. You know, outside of the one big run, you didn't get much from Carlos Hyde. Uh, on the Colts side of things, I was surprised that Jonathan Williams ran the ball as well as he did. I know early on, uh, he was a lot of like one yard runs, three yard runs, kind of wearing them down. But he got 26 carries in this game and 29 total touches. I mean, that's a lot of confidence in a guy. And Naeem Hines, who you talked about, we liked. Yeah. I actually picked up in one of my leagues because I was down and I knew I had to kind of risk it. I thought he'd have a big night and looked good when he was in there. But they left Williams in for the majority. And they threw it to him. He was in there on third down when I thought yeah. Hines was going to play. Like, it was his role. Like, they really liked him. I guess he earned that much in practice in the week before where he ran for 100. So that's back-to-back games for 100 yards with him. Yeah, and that's a good point because I saw a lot, there were a couple drives there where they actually had Hines in and they took him out on third down to put Williams back in. Like, it was it was very strange. And, but look, and he the, looked good. It wasn't like he was making yeah. mistakes. He dropped one pass in the two-minute drill, but he looked really good. He looked explosive. He looked fast. He looked healthy. I was, I was shocked by it because I was expecting a 20-point night for him for sure, and it could have been easy. But they took him out, and it wasn't. And Williams had a huge night. Yeah, he did. He was pretty much the only Colt that had a huge game in this one. Uh, good to see Hilton just back on the field. He's clearly nowhere near 100%. But he only played, I think, um, I think he only played around a third of the team's Yeah, they had him on a pitch count for sure. But it's good what, to get him at least get back out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, now he's got extra, extra time. So I, I would think you would see a better version of him next week and down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely, going forward. Uh, so let's get into the Sunday games. Let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you will not obviously will not be picking this one against the spread, but let's just talk about it football-wise. Two high-powered offenses. This is the highest total of the weekend by five points. 52 is the total in this game. A lot of offenses expected all around. Uh, how do you handicap this one? You know, it's funny. I just saw a bunch of stats this morning. I was physical therapy watching ESPN. The ticker comes across. And it's like the last six games combined of the, the the Falcons and the Bucks have averaged 59 points. So if you take that, you're looking at over 52. Uh, Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston both have seven 300-yard passing uh, games this year, which leads the NFL. Both offenses, as you said, are high-powered. Both defenses have struggled against the pass, although the Falcons have played really good the last two weeks. Uh, Tack McKinley has been a beast coming off the edge uh, for them the last couple of weeks coming out of their bye. And it does, this, this rivalry doesn't really matter on the road. Uh, they, they win in each other's places, and then they kind of go back and forth. I, I think it's a shootout. I think it's a lot like the Bucks and uh, the Seahawks game. I mean, the Falcons' defense has been playing better, but they're still they're handicapped on what they're able to do. 
I, I think the Bucks will, will have a good game plan, but I, I think it's going to be a lot like that Seahawks game. It's kind of who has the ball last and I think a high-scoring shootout. Yeah, I expect that as well. I have both Winston and Matt Ryan as top five fantasy QBs this week. You're obviously starting yeah, I keep, I keep seeing Winston as a must-sit on I, different I stuff, and I, I don't get that at all. I mean, they're going to throw it 40-plus times. He's hit five a franchise record five 300-yard games in a row. Yeah, he's throwing a bunch of picks, but I can't. you can't expect him to throw four, and it hasn't really hurt his fantasy total that much. Well, yeah, and this is where I continue to remind people, if, if you play in standard scoring formats, the turnovers aren't as big of a factor for you as long as they're putting up yards and touchdowns. Like, I don't care. You could throw three picks in this game. If he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, you're fine with that. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I think sometimes that part gets overrated when we start talking about, you know, real-life issues and fantasy issues. Uh, obviously, you're starting to two, the, the two Buccaneers – wide receivers that you start every week. But uh, a guy that I have inside my top 10 tight ends this week, I like Cameron Braid a lot. Uh, he went up today in my Deep Sleepers article for full-time fantasy. I, I, look, once O.J. Howard inexplicably dropped that pass into DeMario Davis's hands last week, Cameron Braid got 14 targets, got 10 catches for 73 yards. I think he's going to have a big role uh, this week as well. I know the Falcons are middle of the road against tight ends, but I expect this to be a shootout and Braid's going to get his. So if you're somebody he's finally that, healthy and you know him and Jameis have chemistry. So, Absolutely. And, he, and that he was the check down last week. So Jameis took it. So there's the progression in the, in the quarterback play of 14 targets to a tight end as your check down guy. A bunch of them were six and seven yards, but that, that works from, and from where tight ends are right now. I agree with you. I'm expecting to have another eight to 10 target day. Yeah, I mean, look, if you have Travis Kelsey who's on by, Hunter Henry's on by, uh, Evan Ingram's going to be ruled out for this week. I mean, the, the, you're starting to – out this week. Yeah, you're starting to run thin uh, at that position. So I think Cameron Brait's a good option. You know, on the Falcon side of things, obviously Ridley, Julio Jones, must starts. Uh, if you're in a deep league, uh, one of the guys I really like this week is Russell Gage. Buccaneers have struggled against slot receivers this year, and I think there's going to be enough offense to go around that if Gage gets his typical six, seven targets a game, that he could put up a decent day for you as a wide receiver three. Yeah, Mohamed Sanu role in the past, yeah. Absolutely, in a deep league. So uh, especially, again, with them not really using the tight end right now with Austin Hooper out, I think that check down is going to be important. Uh, I would caution you against playing Brian Hill this week. This is a terrible matchup for him. They're not using him in the passing game like they used Devontae Freeman. Uh, he's a sit for me uh, in this matchup. But I would start Ronald Jones. Don't give up after last week. They're not. The, I guarantee you the Bucks will run the ball more than six times this week. All right? I'll, I'll, that's my lock of the <laughs> yeah. week, uh, that they will run the ball more than six times. Uh, put Ronald Jones right back in your lineup. Don't let one week throw you off here. Um, this is a stay-away game for me betting-wise. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like anything about it. What was the line? Uh, it's four and a half for the Falcons okay. at home. I don't love it. I feel like I've picked the Bucks games wrong like all year, no matter whether I pick them or pick against them. Uh, I'm going to lean toward the Falcons at home here, but I don't love it. Like I, this is a complete stay away from. Yeah, me. They've, they've been hot. I mean, they're uh, they start one and seven, look like the worst team in football, and then they come out of the bye, make some some changes with the coaching staff and some and some defensive changes with their rushing three and they're blitzing a bunch. But they've played really well. I mean, they're one of the hottest teams in football the last two weeks with beating the Saints and the Panthers and beating the crap out of both of them. So. I think the line is probably on, and I agree with you. I'd stay away from it because you look at the history of these two teams and the, the way that this year has gone, I think either one of them are very capable of winning the game. Absolutely. Let's go to a game where that's going to have, well, quite frankly, a lot less offense in it. The Denver Broncos versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there shouldn't be too much, too much of a weather concern here, but it's going to be a little bit windy in this game. Uh, the Bills are four-point favorites at home. Jake, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I've got it right at the four. I got it 24-20. Uh, Bills, 
you know, they're, they're, I still don't think they're that good, but they're that solid. And every time I pick them, I go back and look at the last couple of weeks. It's like 20 to 16, 21, 17. Like they're a bunch of close, low scoring games, but you got to give Josh Allen credit. He's been good. He's been good enough. And he still makes plays with his legs, but he's making more plays with his arms. John Brown has been awesome. They run it good. And that defense is just solid. So, like, I'm not expecting a huge day from Cortland Sutton. I go back to Devontae Parker last week, had a good day against the Bills. And Cortland Sutton's going to get his target. So, if he gets 10, he's going to catch five or six. So, I expect a decent day, but I wouldn't expect a huge day from him. Uh, and the Bills stopped the run. So, I think both running backs are going to have a hard day for the, for, the, uh, for the Broncos. The Broncos' defense is just, like, under the radar, top five or six in the league in a lot of different categories. So, I think the Bills are going to struggle on offense as well, but I think they have enough to get it done. Yeah, I do too. That's kind of where I'm leaning. It, it's going to be a one-score game, I'd imagine. The Bills don't really blow a lot of teams out, and Denver's a better team than their record indicates. They just they play a tougher game. A lowest total of the weekend at 38, uh, so two full touchdowns below the game we just talked about. Uh, I'm not touching that by any means, but uh, you can keep an eye on the wind here. That could affect Josh Allen's value a little bit. I had him as like a borderline QB one this week, and that you know right around that eleventh, twelfth ranked quarterback range. Someone to kind of something to keep an eye on if that wind starts to pick up. It's the sustained winds is supposed to be around like fourteen, fifteen miles an hour, uh, but with gusts over twenty. So that's let's a see different that wind in Buffalo. I can tell you, fourteen or fifteen in Buffalo is different than everywhere else in the country. Yes, and that's a very mild day. So something to kind of keep in keep in mind there. Uh, but otherwise, look, there's not a ton of fantasy value in this game. I think, you know, Lindsay's a low-end RB2. Same thing with Devin Singletary in this game. You know, you, John Brown's a, a wide receiver too because he always has that high floor for you. Sutton's a wide receiver too. That's pretty much it. You kind of know what the value is here in this game. Uh, not a lot of fantasy relevance to talk about, but uh, I'm going to go with the Bills uh, to cover here. But just barely, I think this is going to end up being uh, maybe just a one-score, six- or seven-point game uh, in the end. Uh, the New York Giants will travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Uh, no Evan Ingram in this game. Sterling Shepard is supposed to be back. I'd imagine that Mitch Trubisky is going to play. Uh, so right now the Bears are six-point favorites. At Holy, really? Yep. And some places six and a half. What has shown anybody anything that the Bears would be six-and-a-half-point favorites against anybody? I mean, that means they got to score six and a half points. That That is true. That is how that works. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I got the Bears 21-17, so I don't have them covering that. I mean, the Giants have been okay. They're coming off a bye. They're going to be fresh. They're going to have a game plan. I wouldn't expect Montgomery to have a huge day. I mean, the Giants have been okay whether they want to drop and cover two and stop the pass and give up rushing yards, or they've been okay against the run and they give up a bunch of passing yards. They're going to sell out to stop the run and, and see if Trubisky can beat him. I expect Allen Robinson to have a big day uh, against that that giant secondary. Saquon, we've talked about, is not healthy, but they are coming off the bye. He should be healthier than he's been. You get Shepard back, even though Ingram's out. It's a little bit different. Daniel Jones playing that defense. He's been prone to turnovers the last couple weeks. That, that's where maybe things could swing, but I think it's going to be an ugly, pretty close game. Yeah, I mean, my concern if you're – I mean, I'm going to take the Giants and the points here, but my concern is obviously Daniel Jones handing, you know, the 14 the other way to this Bears defense at some point. But look, if you if you own Saquon Barkley, I know you're concerned, and I would be concerned too, but you have to play him. You're not sitting him this week. He's still – I have him ranked as a low-end RB1. I just, you just have to play him. Like, there's no reason not to, despite the fact that he does not look the same, especially over the last couple of weeks. Sterling Shepard, I'm interested to see how he plays because his – 
His worst game of the season, relatively, he's only played four games, but it came in the only game Golden Tate was on the field. They want to run Golden Tate in the slot more often than not, and Sterling Shepard in his career has just not been as good of a fantasy receiver playing on the outside. So unless they're going to run a ton of these four wide receiver sets where they're going to put both guys in the slot, I'm concerned that Sterling Shepard's value is going to be more like a wide receiver three than where a lot of people have expectations for. From a personal standpoint, I'm glad to see him back on the field. I mean, for someone that's been dealing with all the concussions that he's had to deal with, uh, I'm glad that he's going to get back out there and he's feeling better and feeling healthy. But I would be a little wary uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, also, keep in mind that Rhett Ellison is also out for the Giants. So they have, they're literally down to their third and fourth string tight ends at this point. So look elsewhere for the tight end help if you, if you have Evan Ingram. As far as the Bears go, uh, I mean, David Montgomery is going to be an RB2 because keep in mind there's, four, I believe, four different guys that I would normally have ranked uh, in the top 25 that are going to be on bye this week. So he kind of moves into that category, even though it's not the best matchup in the world for him. I kind of I, I like the, the secondary options in this game. Taylor Gabriel, if you're desperate, or Anthony Miller in deep leagues, I think both those guys could be solid plays for you. The Giants' deep secondary has been pretty poor this year, and they've been really bad against... Uh, they've been pretty bad against slot receivers as well. Uh, so if Mitch Trubisky needs to check down the ball a lot, but to me, I think the best Bears player in this game might be Tariq Cohen, the way they've been using him lately. I've, I've really enjoyed the way that they've kind of used him a lot more like they did last season over the last couple of weeks. And I think you could have another big game here. But boy, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Jake. I, I don't know that there should be this big of favorites against anybody, period. I guess maybe against Washington, uh, but otherwise, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like their defense, but... The way this offense has been going, I mean, they're dead last in the league in offense. Yeah, and who knows if Trubisky even finishes this game, and who knows if that's better or worse at this point. Like, yeah, I, mean, just, I, I I'm on the record as saying I think Chase Daniels is better for this offense, but he hasn't looked like it when he's played. Let's move on to the next game. The Pitts, the walking wounded Pittsburgh Steelers will come in this game without James Conner, likely without Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, will go into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Bengals are seven-point underdogs in this in this matchup. So do you think the Steelers on the road, banged up, can cover this touchdown spread and keep the well, the, Bengals, keep the Bengals winless and drop them to 0-11? Or do you think maybe this is the, the one game that the Bengals can get this year? No, I don't think that the Bengals can get it, but I think they cover that. I got a 21-17 Steelers. I, mean, I think it's going to be ugly. I expect Jalen Samuels to have his normal bunch of catches but doesn't do a ton uh, Deontay Johnson, I haven't seen if he's going to play, but he's coming off of a uh, concussion as well in that last game. I mean, they're banged up, but the Steelers' defense has been very opportunistic. They get a lot of turnovers. They didn't last Thursday night uh, against the Browns, but I expect them to in this game, and I think that's going to carry them playing a rookie quarterback on the road. Uh, they'll stop the run. I, I don't expect Mixon to have a big day at all. He'd get a lot of carries, but I, I, I can't. I, there's no way that's going to continue. Uh, so they're going to have to try to throw it. And I think Steelers will get some picks and I think that's how they win this game. But I expect this to be really ugly and almost unwatchable. Yeah, I agree completely. I think the Steelers win, but the Bengals cover. This is not going to be an exciting game, uh, to watch. It's one of those ones where like, I, I do James like James Washington in this game. I knew that's, but it's like the one player I think maybe I would like in this game is probably him. Yeah, I have him as a wide receiver three this week. Um, I, I would love him more if Deontay Johnson doesn't play, but it looks like Johnson is trending toward playing in this game. Uh, I like Washington, but more of a wide receiver three. I just don't – I mean, Mason Rudolph doesn't have a 300-yard game this year. So, I mean, there's going to be – there's a capped upside here. Uh, and the Bengals secondary isn't good, but it isn't as bad as people think it's been. Like, it, it they've actually been okay 
uh, at times this season. So it's not like this is a, a an easy the easiest matchup of all time for him. In the Pittsburgh backfield, I know everyone's going to start Samuels, and in, in full PPR, that's the guy. Uh, I'm kind of looking at another guy in that backfield. Benny Snell is going to be back this week. I think he could get a lot of early down work because Jalen Samuels has been extremely inefficient this year when he's been given the ball. Uh, and they and like Snell. They like they Snell do. a lot. I mean, a lot of times when you're dealing with a meniscus and you get it cleaned up, even though it's only been three weeks, it feels so much better than it did before you get it cleaned up that it might swell up after the game, but I expect him to have a solid day too. That's a sneaky one that a lot of people aren't talking about because they forget about you know him being out for the last three weeks. Yeah, I think both those guys are flex plays. I actually have Snell and Samuels ranked right next to each other. And if I had to pick one uh, in standard or half PPR leagues, I would actually go with Snell. Uh, but I, I think he, they could have an interesting game there. On the Cincinnati side of things, you, you, I mean, Mixon's a low-end RB2 flex play. He's going to get some volume, but that's it. That's the only guy you're playing. Like, you're, like Tyler Boyd's in wide receiver three territory for me. Like I'm, I, yeah, I don't not, like him again this week. Yeah, Auden Tate's hurt. Like, I don't, you're not really starting any Bengals in this game. Like, this is just a – this is the second lowest total of the weekend. Uh, this is a, not going to be a fun game to watch, but – uh, I think the, the Bengals can keep it close enough in this game, uh, but the Steelers will have enough to get it in the end. Uh, let's talk about another team playing in Ohio, the Cleveland Browns. They host the Miami Dolphins, and they are 10.5-point favorites. Oh God. They will be getting David Njoku back this week, so they can add, they'll add him to the offense with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a little banged up this week in practice, but it looked like more like a maintenance situation. He's not not in danger of missing time. Uh, Jake, I know you, you react, just reacted like that uh, line. Do you think the Dolphins can cover in this? Yeah, I do. I mean, I expect the Browns to win this. They're at home. They're feeling themselves a little bit. They look at the schedule, and they maybe they look a little too far down that schedule because the Dolphins are playing hard. We've talked about them every week. They have no talent left, but they're playing their tails off, and that goes a long way. I, I mean, I still think Chubb has a really solid day. I think Kareem Hunt's a must-play this week. You know, I, I think the Browns can score some points, but their defense has been underwhelming at best, and now their best player is not out there. So I got 27 21 Browns. I can even go up to 30 to 21 Browns, about 10 and a half. What have you seen from the Browns that tells you that they're going to beat anybody by 10 and a half? I mean, that's, I, it's, it's a lot. That's a lot. That's a, whew, that one's high. Yeah, I think, I think, the, I think the, uh, the Finns cover that one. I say I don't feel great. I'm going to go the opposite way, and I don't feel great about it. I just had this weird feeling about this game. Like this is a game where I feel this is like the breakout Browns game. This is the breakout Browns. I game. I kind of have the same thing in my gut of like I can see them clicking on all cylinders on offense and giving a false sense of security of what they actually are down the stretch, which is still they're still going to have to fight their tails off. But absolutely, I think I think they're an average team, but they could look spectacular in this matchup. I mean, I have Baker Mayfield ranked in my top ten quarterbacks. I have you know I have. Nick Chubb in my top three running backs. I've got if they're ever going to do it, this is the week, right? Yeah, they got Kareem Hunt. I've got Odo Beckham. I think this is the week. I think this is the week where I'm going to buy into the Browns that they just put up a ton of points. Maybe they're pissed off given everything that happened ten days ago. They've had some extra rest. This is the game, and then everyone's going to start talking about them again, and then maybe things come right back down to earth next week. But uh, again, I don't feel great about it. I wouldn't bet it, but if I have to pick one way or the other, I've been just – if you see my rankings on thedraftnetwork.com, you've seen I've pretty much been all in on the Browns this week and all of their star playmakers. So uh, I'm going to lean toward them here, but it, it's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, let's move on to an NFC South divisional game. The Carolina Panthers go to the Superdome to face the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 
Jake, what do you think? Do you think uh, Kyle Allen can bounce back here, or is he have we seen kind of a shift in the way that teams have are playing him? And is this going to be a turnover filled end of the season for the Panthers going forward? I don't think it's a four pick, you know, every week. He's not that kind of guy. I mean, last week was a little bit of an anomaly, and they were down so big so early that they kind of threw it and he tried to make some plays late. Uh, it wasn't really that bad. Um, I've got the Saints winning 31 24. I'd probably feel closer to that line. The Saints are so good at home. I watched them last week. That defense is solid. They rush four. They can stop the run with with four. Those two linebackers can go. Uh, Lattimore, is Lattimore back this week? I'm guessing he is. Uh, let me double check on that. I'm not sure. Uh, Even if he's not, I mean, they looked really good last week. I think McCaffrey gets his, but it's going to be really tough to do it with the running game. I think they're going to they're gonna have to throw it to him. Um the Saints are just good, and they're at, at home. They're different. Kamara looking healthy to me again. Look, he looked fast last week, fast cut. He's so hard to get a solid shot on. Uh, it, it's you know, I, I still, I still think nine and a half is a lot, though. I mean, Carolina is good. They're, yeah, they're a I, solid team. I mean, they're still like right there in the NFL leading sacks. I mean, their their defense has played well. I mean, this is a divisional game. Nine and a half still feels like a lot to me. It does. I'm leaning toward the Saints, though, because my, my concern is that the, the thing that – look, you're not going to stop McCaffrey, but the thing the Panthers do the best is run the football, and the Saints have been really strong against the run this year. McCaffrey's going to get his, but if he doesn't have an explosive game, if he doesn't have like a you know a number one player in fantasy game, is that enough for the Panthers to get it done? I don't know. Uh, I really expect huge games from Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray here. The, aside from last week with Brian Hill, uh, the Panthers have given up a ton to fantasy running backs this year. I really like the Saints at home in this game. I think this is one they should have a lot of success in. I get nervous when the line gets this high in divisional games against competent teams, but uh, I'm just I'm just going to lean toward the talent of the Saints here. Um, I just looked. It doesn't. Marshawn Lattimore hasn't been ruled out yet, but he hasn't been practicing. Yeah, so I would not. imagine. It's going to be another week for him, but uh, I start your Saints. Uh, I again, you're starting Kamara and Thomas every week. You know that. That's we're not telling you anything new there. But uh, I think Latavius Murray could be a very interesting flex play um, on the Carolina side of things. You're obviously starting McCaffrey, DJ Moore is in every week. You don't even think about it. Starter at this point. Uh, I like Curtis Samuel as well as actually a wide receiver too this week because the secondary is a little bit more vulnerable in New Orleans now without Lattimore there. Uh, I, I, you know what. I'm, I'm going to change my mind on this one. I think I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. Uh, there's there's enough here. There's enough on that Carolina offense. I, I think the Saints still win this game, but but nine and a half uh, is is a, a lot, lot in a divisional game. I mean, the Carolina is more than competent. There's not like yeah. they're not like the Giants going in there and just nine and a half. I mean, this is yeah. That's I'm definitely leaning towards that. So I'm going to stick with my thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, maybe maybe you could wait and see. Maybe that comes to ten at some point, and you get even a little bit more value there. Uh, in a game that for two teams that are just kind of there, uh, one of them has been playing better. One of them, well, I guess they're both playing better. Only one of them is going to probably matter in the playoff picture. I'm really intrigued by this next game. The Oakland Raiders travel to New York to face the New York Jets. The Raiders are three-point favorites on the road in this game. That surprised me a little bit. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on this? It doesn't surprise me that much. I think this is actually going to be a fairly close game. I, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction with the Raiders struggling a little bit last week with Cincinnati. Uh, and you go back and look at some of their wins. The Lions team at the time felt like a pretty good win for the Raiders. Now, maybe not so much. Uh, the Chargers, Phillip Rivers threw three picks and has been a total machine. But the Raiders are playing solid. They do what they do really well. 
they run it, they play action. Derek Carr, high, high completion percentage, not a lot of turnovers. Uh, they're a little healthier on offense. Their defense with these young guys, man, Max, uh, was Max Crosby, four sacks yep. last week. He's been tearing it up. Cleveland Farrell, uh, their secondary is still a little suspect. And the Jets are playing better. Sam Darnold at home. So I expect the Jets to, to hang in there. But I got the Raiders 24-17. I think they cover that. Um, I just the ball control offense. They're they just they're doing what they do really well, and they see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that's the playoff picture. And I, I think they get it done. I, this this was a tough one for me. I kind of went back and forth. I'm going to lean toward the Jets in the points here. Uh, Darnold's been playing better lately. He plays a lot better at home than he does on the road. I think he can expose this Oakland secondary. Uh, I, I like Jamison Crowder again this week. Yes, love Jamison Crowder this week. I li- actually think Darnold's a pretty decent fill-in option if you're in a pinch. Um, I, to me, this is when I think it's gonna be a little bit higher scoring than you have it. My, my actual lock of the week is I'm taking the over on 45 and a half points in this game, because I think the jets are going to put up enough offense and they're going to force the Raiders to kind of match them. Uh, I really like Josh Jacobs in this game. Tyrell Williams could have a big game. Uh, I think there's actually gonna be a little bit more offense here, uh, than Vegas has given them credit for. So I'm going to take the jets, uh, but my lock is going to be the over on 45 and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting game to watch for fantasy purposes. I think Derek Carr and Sam Darnold, you know, with a lot of the we- – there's a lot of weather situations going on this week in games we haven't talked about yet. The weather in Philly's not great. The weather in New England's going to be terrible. Uh, so if you're in the – if you have a Dak Prescott, a Tom Brady, uh, a Carson Wentz, you know, you might start to if, – if those weather reports are as bad as they look like they are right now when we get to Sunday morning and guys like Sam Darnold and Derek Carr are sitting out there on waivers and you really need to win this week – you might have to make a real tough decision uh, on Sunday morning. So this is something. This is a game to kind of keep an eye on because there are a lot of fill-in options for you uh, that might play well in this game. Uh, the next game here, the Detroit Lions will take on the Washington Redskins in D.C. The Lions are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, not a surprise. Matthew Stafford will not be playing in this game. You will not see him likely on Thanksgiving either. So Jeff Driscoll, who's actually played okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's played pretty good the last couple games. And he's actually one of the guys I wrote about, uh, if you're in a really deep league, as a, as a deep sleeper this week. I have him as my number 15 or number 15 or number 16 overall quarterback in fantasy this week. Uh, Jake, what do you think about Driscoll? And what do you think about the Lions being three and a half point favorites? I actually like Driscoll a little bit more than that. I got him 24-20. I mean, the Lions are still the Lions. They're, they've played better, but they'll, they'll like put some good game plans together and then figure out ways to lose. It, it's just been weird. I, they, they're not going to be able to run it um, great anyway, uh, but I think they've been able to throw it. Jeff, Jeff Driscoll is more than competent. He played really well last week. Maybe it's a little higher scoring than this, uh, but the Lions defense, I think, will game plan against a rookie quarterback and, and have enough to get it done here. I, I think it's not going to be a huge – Day for anybody. I mean, I, I, if I'm, I don't think Hawkinson's a very good play. I like both receivers uh, for the Lions. Both Scarborough. I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of where I am on him too. I mean, Darius Geis probably is a decent play this week uh, if you're hurting at running back. So you got somebody on a buy. He's. I think he's maybe worth taking a flyer this week, but not moving forward. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at on those. Pretty much on those guys as well. I, I'm for both Scarborough. I mean, you can run on the Redskins. I think they're averaging 113 yards per game on the ground for running backs this year against them. Uh, if, if you could guarantee me Bo Scarborough gets the same 14, 15 carries he got last week, he's a flex play. 
My concern is that I have no idea what the Lions are going to do in their backfield on a given week. We had no idea Bo Scarborough was going to do anything last week, and he was and he got more than twice the amount of touches as anybody else on that team. Um, so he's a risky play if you play Scarborough, but if he gets the touches, it's a good matchup for him. You know, I'm a little bit lower on Kenny Galladay. I think he's more of a wide receiver too. He doesn't have the same connection with Driscoll as he did with Matthew Stafford. It seems like Driscoll has really relied more on Marvin Jones uh, for fantasy purposes, but you're still starting him every week. Uh, I'm with you on Geis. I think he's a okay flex play this week, someone to kind of look at, but not somebody that's probably going to be on your team long term. Uh, same thing in the flex territory for Terry McLaurin. But I'm going to continue to pick against Dwayne Haskins. I'm going to take the Lions to cover here. I just don't think he's ready. I, I just there's nothing that I've seen in his game that gets me excited. Uh, I think the Lions can put up enough points in this game to pull away, and uh, I just I don't know. I'm just not excited about this Redskins team right now with him a quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Lions to cover the three and a half point spread. But this is yet another game that uh, I hope doesn't go to too much on red zone this week. Uh, yeah, the, exactly. the really intriguing game in the last of the early slate. Uh, there's going to be some weather in Philadelphia. It looks like so kind of keep an eye on that going forward, but. The Seattle Seahawks travel to face the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Jake, what do you think about this game? It doesn't look, uh, Jordan Howard, by the way, still not cleared for contact, not practicing. He's not going to play in this game. Uh, it looks like Alshon Jeffrey should return. Tyler Lockett should play. Uh, what do you think about this game, the Eagles being point-and-a-half favorites at home? I got the Seahawks to win this one. I got 28-23. I just think, uh, regardless of the weather, Russell Wilson is the X factor. They can run it good enough. I mean, Philly stops the run pretty well. Their secondary is is getting healthier. They, they've played better, but Russell Wilson doesn't need a basketball-sized window to throw stuff into. I mean, the guy has just been an electric this year. Their defense isn't anything special. I think Carson Wentz, if the weather's not just totally horrendous, can have a solid day and hang in there, but they're just so limited on what they have. I mean, if Jeffrey plays, he's still not 100%. Miles Sanders is not ready to carry the load. He's not really that guy. And you're talking about Jay Ajayi having a significant role, but he's coming off major surgery and hasn't played all year. He's also Jay Ajayi. He's just a dude. And now he's coming off a surgery that's just a dude, but they're down to that. Like, they're just, I just think the Eagles, are just, they're just limited on what they can put out there. And the Seahawks know they got to keep pace. Um, I just think that is Russell Wilson. He's just the X factor for me. I agree with you completely. I think the Seahawks win this game. Uh, I don't fear. They're a good enough team where I don't fear the early start time, West Coast, the East Coast. I just, like you said, I don't think the Eagles have enough weapons. Like, the, I, I like Miles Sanders, but I don't like him in this lead back role yet. If their weather is going to be even significantly, uh, you know, inclement, then he's not going to be the biggest factor as he's been in the passing game, as he's been in other weeks. JJ, like we just said, it's just a guy. Uh, you like Ertz, you like Goddard, you like the way they've been using both those guys, particularly in the red zone. But I just Seattle has way more weapons. I guess the the only way I could see the Eagles winning this game is if they truly shut down Chris Carson, which they've shut down a lot of running backs this year. But Chris Carson is really, really talented, and I think especially in bad weather, if they keep going to him and keep going to him, and they force that situation, that he's going to have a big enough game that the Seahawks should be able to win this one. Uh, this is a really exciting game to watch because I, I, this could be, you know, we're starting to really talk about MVP races at this point, And he has a really big opportunity on the road in Russell Wilson to stake his claim to, Hey, I'm still the favorite here. I know everyone loves Lamar Jackson now. And I know he's going to be playing on Monday night football this week, but don't forget about me. Uh, and again, this is a huge game for the Seahawks. They're, they're in a dog fight with San Francisco 
for what might be the number one seed versus the number five seed when yeah, it's all said and done. Be crazy. And here's what I think. Even though that I think they'll, they'll slow Chris Carson down, you're still setting yourself up for like some naked bootlegs with Russell Wilson where he could throw it. But when stuff breaks down, if Tyler Lockett's playing, he has that Doug Baldwin connection with Russell Wilson right now that there's good. There's a big play. If it, whether it's a 25-yard chunk play and they kick a field goal, there's, that's kind of stuff is, I think is going to be the difference in this game is Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson, just making stuff happen when everything breaks down, whether it's him running for 25 yards when he sees an opening uh, or, or him scrambling around and, and those guys moving around. Uh, and that's Tyler Lockett's specialty right now. So I just think that's that's really where this is going to come down to is Russell Wilson making some off-schedule plays. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, and if you just want to look at the overall talent, Seattle and the skill positions have Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon, DK Metcalf, Jacob Hollister, and Philadelphia has Sanders, Jay Ajayi. They have Ertz. Give them credit for Ertz. But then it's uh, banged up Alshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins. Like, there was just – there's a there's a lack of real weapons in Philadelphia, which I don't think will allow. And them nobody to that can take away. the top off the of defense. So no, nobody. You're playing underneath. I think Goddard could be a sneaky play if you're really hurting a tight end because they they just they're that hurting on weapons. I think they'll be in two tight ends a lot. Yeah, I think Goddard's a low end tight end one this week. So someone to kind of keep an eye on. And look, they they target him in the red zone, and he has success whether or not Zach Ertz has success. So he's definitely somebody that needs to be rostered. Uh, moving to the one of the two late afternoon games, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans. And what's it should, shaping up to be a beautiful day in Nashville. Uh, the Titans are the standard three-point favorites at home. Jake, what do you think about this game? I got the Titans 24-20. Uh, I don't love it. Uh, I, I've said, you know, since I've watched them play in person, I, I wasn't that big of a fan. But the Jaguars just gave up 200 yards rushing to the Colts, who run it on everybody. But Titans have been running it pretty good. I think Derrick Henry is a solid play here. Uh, Tannehill has been a vast upgrade from Mariota since he's been in, and, and they've won games with him. Um, Nick Foles was okay last week, had the connection with Chark. I, th- I think he probably has a solid day. Uh, Foles probably has a solid day throwing it, but you're not going to run it great on the Titans. And I just think they have enough to get it done at home. I, I, I'm not, I don't love it, but, you know, divisional game, eh. Yeah, like this is, and we're going to be forced to watch a lot of this because there's only two afternoon games. But uh, I agree with you. I think the Titans can win in cover. Not not overly exciting, but I expect a monster game from Derrick Henry. He's my number five running back this week. Uh, you can absolutely gash the Jaguars, and it was more than just last week. You've been able to do it all season. And look, Tannehill's been solid. Like he's been a guy. He's been exactly what they've needed him to be. He gets you everything that is schemed up for you, and maybe a little bit more. Doesn't turn the ball over, and it's just gonna. He's gonna be solid for you every single week. Uh, I've been really happy with him so far. You know, on the Jag side of things, you're if you have Fournette, you're starting him, but you're gonna need to rely on his pass catching ability in this game. Uh, in order to get you to where you need to go uh, in our you know, high-end RB2 territory. You're starting Chark every single week. Uh, if, if you're in a deep league, I like Chris Conley. He's a guy that's getting seven or eight targets every single week. He's a guy that's getting in that you know, five, six catches, 50, 60 yards every game. So if you're in a pinch, you just kind of need, in a PPR format, just like 10 easy points. Uh, he's someone that I think could have a pretty decent game here. Uh, but I agree. It's going to be a Jags-Titans game. You know what you're going to get. We get this. We get them twice a year. Luckily, this this game will probably not be in those god awful uniforms they usually make them wear on Thursday night football. Whenever they make them play, <laughs> yeah. like in week five, uh, but it is what it is. Like you know what you're gonna get from this game. Yeah, uh, I agree. A much more exciting game and a much more interesting game because there's going to be a lot of. It's going to be raining. And so right now, the, the the current weather projection is rain 
and wind gusts north of 30 miles an hour during the Ooh. game, throughout the game, the Dallas Cowboys travel to face the New England Patriots. The Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, this game has me all sorts of nervous for fantasy purposes because it looks like it's going to be terrible weather in Foxborough. Wow. Uh, I had it 24-20 pats. You got the number one defense in the NFL against the number one offense in the NFL. The Patriots have only given up over 14 points twice. Uh, if, I mean, you're talking about – but if it's raining and it's that bad, I was expecting Tom Brady to have a solid day because the, the Dallas defense has been overrated. I don't expect anybody to like, – because I don't think they're going to be able to run it on Dallas. But if, if it's going to be like who runs it better – you can run it on the Patriots. We've been saying it, and Dallas needs to lean on Zeke. I mean, this could be really, really interesting. And I still think Brady and Edelman will have a decent day. Um, I don't know that I like anybody else in that Patriots offense. I don't like Cooper. If it's raining, raining, I mean, that Dak might have to use his legs a little bit. So if you have him, you're probably playing him. But, yeah, I agree with you. This is really tough. I Man, I like Zeke a lot. Um, yes, love him in this week. But, but if it's raining and you're talking about Belichick – and the weather's that bad. They're loading the box. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll stick with 24-20. I, don't, I think six and a half feels like a lot. I mean, Dallas, they've been up and down, but they're pretty solid. This Patriots offense, if you watched them play Philly last week, they, they looked awful. Yeah, they, Their left crazy. tackle is still really bad. Tom Brady can't move at all. He's, his arm strength is still okay for his age, but if it's that windy and wet, you're talking about a lot of dink and dunk. I think James White could be a really solid sneaky play because Tom Brady loves him when it's those dink and dunk kind of games where he can't really get it down the field. I think he could be in there a lot in the shotgun. Yeah, and look, and I think actually starting Michelle cracks my top 30 running backs this week. I mean, not, not in RB2 territory, but uh, if the weather is this bad. And, and I just checked it right now. Again, and th- these things can change rapidly. We're talking right now on a Friday, uh, Friday around noon Pacific time. Keep an eye on this for the rest of the week. But as of right now, uh, there's a 70% chance of rain, wind gusts at 31 miles an hour, and 37 degrees is what is scheduled for oh, kickoff. Oh, God, that's so, miserable. Just something to kind of keep an eye on if you haven't been kind of paying attention. Regardless, I'm, I'm with you. I think Dallas covers. I think this is a one-score game. Uh, the Patriots offense has been bad. Their offensive line is not good. Uh, I, it, Sanu is trying to practice today, so we'll see if he's out there. I still don't think he's going to play this week, but no Leighton Vanderesh that could matter. But Sean Lee healthy is still a, is still a beast that he's playing. I, I don't know that that matters a ton. Other than you know, I mean, Leighton Vanderesh can really fly, so him covering James White out of the backfield. But I mean, Dallas's defense has been overrated. They're, they're not playing up to their talent level. But the Patriots' offensive line is so bad. I, I, I guess they're going to get after Brady. Yeah, I think these two teams are a lot closer than Vegas does. Like, I'm not saying it should have been Patriots minus three, but I thought this was maybe this is like a four and a half type That's game. Exactly what I had in my head. Yeah. So six and a half is a little high to me. If you're feeling a little nervous, buy the half point uh, and buy it down to minus one twenty. If you're really feeling nervous and you want to make it Dallas plus seven, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this game as well. But again, I cannot stress this enough. Can keep the weather report in mind because again, this is the latest start time of at. 425 literally every other game but the night game is going to kick off before this so you can you might need to make some accommodations and if you let's say you have tom brady and sam darnold or tom brady i got and, tom brady and carson wentz yeah so i'm I mean, like yeah yeah so you might have to make some of these decisions and if, if you get caught and you want to wait to the very very last second i don't th- uh, i think ryan Tannehill is a decent little add to your bench if you have yeah. Brady or Dak and you're like, uh, I'm going to wait because I feel like I have a major advantage with one of those guys. 
uh, I would add Ryan Tannehill now and say, okay, we'll have a much better idea before, you know, before 405 when Tannehill's game kicks off about what the weather situation in New England is like. And let's get into the final game, the night game. The Green Bay Packers travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The 49ers are three-point favorites at home. Jake, what do you think about this matchup? Whew. Uh, I got the Packers 28-24 uh, right now. But let's, let's talk about this. It's a very interesting matchup. The 49ers number one pass defense in the NFL, but you can run it on them a little bit. Uh, the Packers have run it better this year than they've run it in the past. The Packers' defense stops the pass pretty well, but you could run it on them. But the 49ers haven't been running it that much that last couple weeks because everybody's banged up. Mm. I mean, if it was in Green Bay, I learned my lesson picking against Aaron Rodgers at home, but it's not. I don't know, man. I might switch that to the to the Niners 28-24. I mean, this, this is uh, – this one's tough. I, mean, I, st- I still don't know that I'm buying into I, – I, I, I think the 49ers are going to have to lean on Garoppolo to make some plays to win this game. They got both tackles back. The offensive line should be stable. Uh, Kittle's out, right? Uh, he's. Uh, we don't know yet. He said he's hoping to play. But, but I he hasn't practiced all week. No. So I'd say more likely than not that he is out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with the Packers 28-24. Yeah, I'm actually with you on this one. I'm going to take the Packers to cover this game because I I think at worst this is is a really close game. Uh, And I think these two are two very evenly matched teams. So I'm going to – and weather is going to be not a factor at all in this game. So I'm going to lean toward the extra points here. I think the Packers win this game outright, but I'm going to take the little three-point cushion that I have here as well just because – Look, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been – he's been fine, but he hasn't been great against non-Arizona teams, which is the worst pass defense in the NFL. Um, so I want to see if – can he make enough plays in this game to keep up with Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers has even a decent game in this matchup. I expect big things from Aaron Jones. To me, the whole key to this game is how effective are the 49ers on the ground because when they, when Tevin Coleman and whatever combination of Matt Breed or Raheem Most or Jeff Wilson, when they're clicking and going for it, they're a team that seems almost unstoppable. But when they're not and they're relying on Jimmy Garoppolo to have to throw the ball 35 times to win, again, unless it's Arizona, it's not happening. So I'm going to lean toward the Packers here, but I think this is going to be a really, really exciting football game. Yeah, I think one sneaky thing that people forget about is Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn athletic, and he's going to be able to get out of the pockets. When you're rushing those, those they have six or seven guys I talk about, and they rush four all the time, you're going to give him some escapability to the flat. And he can either run for five or six and slide, or that's when stuff breaks down and you have that chemistry with Devontae Adams uh, that you can make a play down the field. So I think that that right there could be the X factor in this game is Aaron Rodgers' escapability. And do they have anybody that's going to spy him? And can they make that play? Or can those front four get there? And you start hitting Aaron Rodgers early, it's not Tom Brady-ish, but he doesn't like it. And he's a different guy. That ball starts coming out fast and faster than he wants to when you hit him early. So that, to me, is going to be really interesting. It's something I haven't heard enough people talk about is Aaron Rodgers' escapability and athleticism. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, a couple other things to mention very quickly that came across while we were on the show. Uh, actually, one other thing is that uh, David and Joko actually will not be activated this Sunday. So they took him off IR. They thought there was a report that came out of Cleveland that he was going to play in this matchup. Uh, he will not uh, He will not be out there this Sunday. So you have to wait one more week uh, for the return of David and Joku. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts before we sign off for the weekend? A lot of ugly games. I mean, we're going through this is like, but so many implications. And we're talking about, you know, the week of Thanksgiving, 
football, outside, cold, wind, like it, even the bad, ugly games are going to be fun to watch because it's just going to feel like fall football. Uh, but a lot of playoff implications with some of these ugly games. It's going to be really interesting to see who can get it done in less than ideal conditions with injuries and all those kind of things. There's some West Coast teams coming East Coast that have to win, the Raiders, the Seahawks, a lot of divisional games. Uh, so it's going to be fun. and I mean, It's going to feel like good fall football the week of Thanksgiving. So that, that part's exciting. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And I guess my last thought is, again, keep an eye on the weather reports. This is going to be a really crucial week. We've been really lucky uh, the last couple of weeks without having a lot of weather issues. Th- I mean, going into it, just t- a couple of ones to kind of keep an eye on going in. Obviously, we talked a lot about the Patriots game, and that's going to be the one with the biggest weather issues. Uh, but keep an eye on the winds in Buffalo. Uh, keep an, the weather should clear up at the game time, but just keep an eye on stuff going on uh, in Philadelphia as well. Just Keep an eye on those games because they could have major implications for you and you're going to have to be able to react on Sunday morning before these games happen. So just keep an eye on those weather reports. Jake, how can they follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore. And we will be back with you on Monday to break down everything that happened this weekend. Enjoy your football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.